Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, the owner and founder of Manumission Tour Company, Councilman John T. Chapman. So if you missed any of part one, go back, belly up to that bar and give it a listen first. We promise to leave a seat right here for you, won't we, Gina? Absolutely. We won't let him miss the tour, John. No. <laughs> so um, in part one, John, you reminded us of the mission behind Manumission Tour Company, which is awesome. Um, share the inspiration uh, behind what you're doing um, in the first place. And uh, gave us some like idea of how much rich history is here um, in Alexandria. So um, before we go any further into part two, please, will you give us that little sound bite? So just in case somebody missed it in part one, um, what is Manumission Tour Company? So Manumission Tour Company is a uh, cultural heritage walking tour company. Uh, we specialize on African-American history, uh, primarily here in Alexandria. Uh, we talk about uh, free and enslaved individuals uh, and um, many of their allies that help them uh, find freedom and get support here in town. Um, we offer a number of walking tours and bus tours. Awesome, it's awesome. So you know, I think we should offer him right out of the gate. What a cocktail? Think? Let's do it. All right, let's All go. All right, come on. Let's go make a cocktail. Okay, so we talked about making a key lime um, daiquiri, which I love, key lime vanilla. We're gonna add a little bit of these fun little winter berries. I don't know where they got this new name for them. They're just, the, the fancy little name is like a Blanc de Blanc strawberry. Um, I've always known these as pine berries. They're just white strawberries. And they have like this little bit of pineapple like um, flavor to them and I love them. I think they're like super delicious. I almost took a bite, that's how much I like them. So with that combined with our wonderful key lime that we talked about in our uh, tip earlier uh, in the first episode. So you go back and give it a listen or you can check us out on Instagram. Um, we're gonna make a key lime vanilla, and I'm gonna call it a pine berry uh, daiquiri. So here we go. So we're gonna squeeze two ounces of key lime. Now let me just tell you how long that takes, uh, about three hours. So each one gives you a micro dot. I went ahead earlier and I made um, the key lime uh, Juice. I was gonna call it something crazy. I don't know what I was just gonna say. And now we're gonna take the same thing and we're gonna squeeze our strawberries in there. So we're making two cocktails right now. So it's one ounce for each cocktail. And we are going to just squeeze a little bit of this beautiful white strawberry juice in here. And we're gonna do um, three for each cocktail. And you're gonna just take it out. You don't need it in there. It's not a muddled drink. It's just a nice daiquiri. It's gonna give this really complex um, flavor to your daiquiri. It's gonna make it like one of those things that just rounds it out. So there we go. See, it would be painful if I had to do all the, um, the key lines, huh, Louise? <laughs> yes. So we're gonna take that last one. So we got three fine berries, one ounce of the key lime juice. It takes a long time, so if you're gonna do this for multiple people, make sure you do this ahead of time. We're gonna use half an ounce of vanilla bean syrup. I made this ahead of time. This is made with bourbon vanilla bean. If you don't feel like making it, you can always come and purchase this at Buffalo and Bergen. Um, we do sell it to go. Uh, and it is crazy hard and expensive to make, so just buy what you need. Anyway, next we're going to use um, white rum. This is a Caribbean rum, which I really like. It's called 10 to 1. And we're gonna put two ounces in there. So there we go, we got both of our, all of our ingredients in there now. We're gonna add some ice and we're gonna shake and we're gonna, we iced down our glasses before. That way we had a nice cold drink. 
I mean, it's delicious, and we're gonna hit it with a strawberry and just a little bit of rosemary to finish it. So, are you ready? Here we go. Okay. Oh my God, it smells so good. I love key limes. I, you don't need the pine berries. You don't need anything. You just have the key limes and regular daiquiri. It's just wonderful. It's this perfect time of year for all of these things. So you should definitely use it. And I'm just gonna double strain it just to make sure we don't have any strawberry seeds in here. I know. Did we learn nothing from Pretty Woman? <laughs> I had all the seeds in my teeth. Anyway. All right, so two beautiful vanilla key lime daiquiris. And then we're gonna finish it off with this little cute little rosemary strawberry. We're just gonna put a little across the top. Just drop it in. Same thing one more time, just a little bit. You're gonna have a little across the top. I'm just gonna drop it in. And there we go. Cheers. I'm, yeah, you're welcome. Cheers. All right, John, how much do you love that cocktail? It's amazing. Yeah? Yes. Kind of out of your wheelhouse a little bit, though, huh? A little bit. A little bit. Look at you expanding his horizons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, I want to say one thing about this drink. When you make it, make it your own. You like it a little bit sweeter? Make it sweeter. You like it less sweet? Make it less sweet. There's a huge argument that daiquiri should be a dry cocktail. Mm. I fall for the, the dry. Some people believe a daiquiri should be something that you have like on a boat mm -hmm. in the middle of the ocean and right. it's loaded with sugar. I also like those too. So I, I say, it's your recipe. I say half an ounce, use an ounce. You want an ounce? Don't use more than that though. You don't need it, you're an adult. Daiquiri as you do. Yes, daiquiri <laughs> as you do. Yes. All right, so where are they gonna go to get this recipe? You're gonna go to designateddrinker.show for yeah. our recipes and our tips and our how-to and you can hit us up on Instagram. And you can see my lovely face whipping up uh, tips and tricks for you. Yeah, and so many cocktails. Um, make sure you uh, hit her up. She's gonna. If you have a if you have a question, she'll answer it. I do. And, I yes. You can even DM, if you're feeling embarrassed, just DM me. It's so funny. People like asking questions all the time on my personal, and then like on they're like shy all of a sudden when it comes to actually where the drink uh, the drink forum is happening. Yeah, we're all being enthusiasts, like, sir. They're like, let me like not ask you there, but I will hit you up on your personal Instagram and, and ask you the questions yeah. with a picture of my child. There you they're go. Like, so, um, and I'm like, just what is happening here? That's my daughter's dance picture, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you miss that, don't worry. Just scroll down into the episode notes. They'll put links um, to get to Disney Drinker, to Instagram, and absolutely to uh, the tour group so that when people are here in Alexandria ready to, you know, get schooled on more than just a cocktail, they know who to reach out to. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So I have another question for you. Sure. What spurred you to go into civic service? I mean, mm -hmm. being a councilman, it's, we joke about, I'm going to put your phone number so in case somebody has a problem with their rubbish, they can call you directly. But I know I've been with you <laughs> in spaces. <laughs> we'll just be talking because, you know, we're often in the same space mm -hmm. around the chamber and here and there. And, and it, people literally will just come walk up and just start talking to them about, I don't know, parking or the sewer. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's, um, it's, it's something that is something you kind of have to get used to if you want to be in this space. I remember yeah, first, I think it had to be my first term, um, I uh, was out on a date and sitting at a table talking to my date and a random person just comes up and starts just talking about whatever is on their mind. And I'm like, 
uh, are you not taking any social cues that I'm with somebody at a dimly lit place? Like this is not, this is not the public hearing. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, but this probably is not the best place, especially if you can email me yeah. or, or something else, right? Um, you know, but but I, I learned uh, early on that you know if I want to try to have uh, quiet space and quiet time, I gotta I gotta be out at laid out at night. Um, is that where the like, nightmare came from? <laughs> in part, yeah, it is. It is. Um, people have called me the nightmare. I've called myself the nightmare too. Um, but that that really came from yeah. uh, came from basically not wanting to go home after meetings, like going out to a bar after meetings or going to get something to eat or whatever. And I would wander back home at some point at night. Um, and you know, you see the city in a different way after uh, 8 p.m. Uh, where most folks have gone home and, you know, there's just a different crowd out. Um, not, not always a crowd that's there trying to party, but they're, they're trying to socialize. They might have a different job hours or what have you um, and just feel differently about the city, but they want to be connected to local government too. Um, and so going to bars, talking to people um, at bars about just different city issues was something I did. And, you know, people enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of weird if you're having a cocktail and then somebody wants to talk to you about um, oh. city stuff, but most people lean into that. They love it. That's where it all happened. Yeah. I, I say this all the time about, like, literally, when people say that it's so weird when you talk about politics at a bar, I'm like, it's always been talked about at a bar. That's true. Or it's always, it's never not been talked about at a bar. And it makes me so excited about it because, like, literally the bartender has been with, like, so like politically influenced so many presidential um uh, elections and stuff like that, and they used to give away election cocktails. Yeah, mm. and they'd be like, "Go vote again, get a free drink. Go yeah. vote again, get a free drink. Go." Vote. <laughs> and there were all of these different drinks, especially at the bars that were closest to, well, well, I guess the White House at the time. And then you talk about your bartenders that served Abraham Lincoln at, yeah. at the um, Willard, right at the Round Robin. This is ne nothing new. The lobbyists came from people socializing mm. and drinking in the lobby in the, the lobby of the Willard to yeah. talk to President at all in his cabinet, not yeah, just yeah, him. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on. It's and it's it's such Let's a different. Let's bring that all back. Just oh, have the man. meetings at a bar. <laughs> so that's actually something that I am actually um, going to talk to our oh, city council about. Uh, one of the the history pieces or history stories that we have here in Alexandria is that city council. Um, and I want to say maybe in the late 1700s, used to meet at Gatsby's Tavern. Uh, and we have, upcoming, we have Alexander's uh, 275th birthday. And so what I'm going to kind of recommend is that we have kind of a special session of city council at Gatsby's Tavern, kind of recognizing that type of history um, and being able to kind of go back in time uh, and sit, you know, have everybody sit in a big ballroom in Gatsby Tavern and have a have a council meeting, uh, and kind of what that would look like, what that would feel like, um, kind of dating back to then. Obviously, with different exceptions, but still. <laughs> Will you slightly different people in the room? <laughs> Will you bring your own? What they used to have? What they used to be called a knocker or something? They yeah. weren't a gavel. They were called yeah. something else when you wanted to be heard. You would. Not your hand, it was a thing, like you would hold the thing. What so the thought is to have um, our historic Alexandria staff kind of figure out how to most... Um, reenact or... Most reenact kind of different, that, that period, right? I'm going to um, lose my and mind. I think this that, is like everything I ever wanted. I think, that, I think that would be cool. <laughs> and so something like that, having that and having people operate like that, well, you know, um, uh, I think would be cool. You know, Designate Drinker is based out of Old Town Alexandria. We could do the cocktails. Yes. 
And they definitely drank. And I would say that you may actually want to capture heavily. this, capture this so, content. That might be that might be a good idea. <laughs> they have they first of all, like if our founding fathers heavily drank. Heavily. I mean, you had to. Oh, yeah. If you knew it every day, someone's coming to kill you. You, <laughs> you fucking you drink. You're like, all right, whatever. I mean, the stories so, are yeah, insane. We, we might have to talk about how or we pulled out of Let's just how. I mean, let's think about the wars here. How far people walked. They oh, walked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or people like in Frederick. People that lived in Frederick. They there is known record of people people from Frederick, Maryland that would walk from Frederick to Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. over a month. Wow. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, and one the faster the, walkers got there in like three weeks. Yeah, one of the interesting stories, if you've ever been to 1315 Duke Street, um, a former uh, slave trading company, is uh, of a man named Henry Bailey. Henry Bailey, uh, back in the 1800s, is um, an enslaved man who's, uh, whose family grows up here in Alexandria. He's enslaved, um, and I think his family is too. Um, and he is um, sold away to a plantation in Texas. Um, and this is mid, mid, later half of 1800s, and so um, Emancipation Proclamation happens. Um, and if you know the story of Juneteenth, that's kind of centered around the fact that enslaved people in Texas didn't get the information yeah. about yeah. the emancipation kind of on that in that in a timely fashion, shall we say? Uh, and so once Juneteenth comes to Texas and he's freed, he actually walks all the way back to Alexandria to find his mother and family that are still here. Oh my God. And so, you know, that idea where people are just walking miles and miles is, is something that honestly is the norm at that time, right? If you don't have horse and buggy or whatever, you're, you're gonna walk, you're gonna take whatever time you need to get to wherever you're going. Um, but it's such an amazing story. I mean, I think I'd be able to do like walking a marathon each day if I was like pretty fucked up. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know that I was in a lot of pain. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't the know. I think chances of them being able to like buy alcohol along the way is pretty, pretty slim. No. And some of those parts, like where you're walking through. Now, now there's a whole other thing about the walking maps, right? We should pull them out. There's walking maps where there would have been. If you were walking to these places where you could go and rest, where you could go and meet people, where you could go to like a still, where you could go to like a tavern. Sure. And like even on the town where I live in Middletown now, right? Even on the tavern, the road that comes up, it goes out from Frederick and goes across the state of town, because that was the original road. There is, there is literally these little taverns and boarding houses for both um, black and white and, you know, at the time. And... You would walk and like maybe like 15 miles down the road where we'd be like, why would there be another inn? Why would there be another Because yeah. you just walked 15 fucking miles. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, you're staying here. Or this is where you can stay. And there were walking maps where you could get fresh water, where you could sleep for the night, where there weren't Indian people that were trying to kill you as yeah. well. Yeah. A lot of people were trying to kill you here. Yeah. Like you just showed up here and everyone's trying to kill you. Yeah. It wasn't like you just got here and everything was great. And then no. if they didn't kill you, the winters killed you. Yeah. So you didn't grow enough food. You walked everywhere and then you died anyway. Very... <laughs> Tricky time. <laughs> so uplifting story, Gina. So uplifting. That's why I think that, like, when you talk about your forefathers, you talk about a young country, right? Like, it's like this is really the only place that's like a young country, right? You have to say, "Holy shit, you're a crazy person." You showed up here and you did all these things, and like, and like, it's crazy. The whole story is crazy, and like, there was never a time where like either person was going to exist. 
right? Mm -hmm. I think it's the craziest history ever. Like, I asked my oh, father, sure. why did you ever, my, my father's an immigrant from Italy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why'd you ever come here? It's barbaric here. And my father's like, I don't know, I liked your mother. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> It's, it's a good reason. It's no, true. I mean you, you're absolutely right. I think you know the the mixture of people and the ways they get here and why they're here is is so. It, if you were making that story or creating that story, you wouldn't create that, right? It's so wild um, in so many different ways that you know we're still dealing with that today, right? And how uh, how so many different cultures come together. Some clash. Some some mix. Some some don't mix. Like it's it's. A whole, I don't know, just a, we like to call it a melting pot, right? And it, it really is. Um, and, and I think, you know, what you were talking about in terms of walking maps, we see that, um, you know, taken by African Americans as well as, as you get into the late 1800s, early 1900s with the Green Books. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how do you safely travel across a country? Yeah. You know, what places can you go? What places can't you go? And how do you get there? And who's, you know, what boarding houses is going to support you? Um, it's, it's just interesting how, you know, the different layers can point to an earlier layer. Like, like yeah. you're talking with the walking maps. Like the green books of the 1920s and 30s and 40s and 50s can point to walking maps that, are, that have been created before then. Forever. Uh, to talk yes. about how do you safely get through the state or get to another part of the state or another part of the or, country. Or what farm you could stop at for food right. or where there's lodging yeah, or where you amazing. could spend the night in the barn. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, and, and then and when you're a traveler on foot, you know, obviously you have no means. They, you know, if you're walking, you don't have means. And there's a lot of farms, especially in Western Maryland where I was, where I live, that would allow anybody to stay in the barn. You could stay in the barn, didn't matter. They didn't have no money because these are these people that are living in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dairy farmers, most of them were dairy farmers with no money. Yeah. So then the wife would make me dinner and, like, you would be called to dinner. Mm -hmm. And, like, my house is, like, one of those places where, like, you just, and then people stayed. Yeah. Like, you wanted to walk from, I don't know. There's so many stories of travelers that come and, just in all kinds, not just like, you know, uh, black or white, there's all kinds. And they just stay. They're like, finally had enough. Like, I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, I just walk like, you know, for like seven months. So this is cool. And this is where I will live now. Like, that's crazy, right? All right, crazy. I'm sorry. I'll stop. No, it's crazy. That's why the walking tour is so important. Yeah. It's so important. It is. I mean, it's just the, the idea that, um, you know, I think the history for me, it's, it's really about local history. I think we talk so much about kind of national history or state history, but, you know, as you were just mentioning, there are stories, history around just sites, like that barn. That barn could probably tell you a, a thousand stories of people who have been in it, right? Uh, and until you find out those stories, you never know what happens to some of those people. One of those people could be an inventor that created something, or or, yeah. their, or somebody's father that was, you know, that settled in this place, and because he mm -hmm. settled in this place, this person was able to do this, or grow up here, or whatever. Um, and I think we don't now think of a lot of that, uh, just naturally, and luckily, you know, history is still here, still told, still taught, um, and so that our, our younger generations can can grab onto it. Um, but I think you know the the issue that we faced in um, 
is the competition with, with everything else, right? You know, how do you compete for walking tours and with walking tours uh, in a much more technical world, uh, a, a world that's more, much more driven by um, phones and uh, computers and things of that nature? You know, how does a, how does a walking tour company compete with AI, right? Um, we were just talking about that. But, um, but that's, you know, that's the, the world we're living in, trying to compete with uh, compete for people's uh, attention. AI makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We, we yeah. talk about that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think what's really important there is being able to retain those stories mm -hmm. and continue to tell those stories and to remember that just because we tell somebody else's story doesn't mean we're canceling anyone else's thought behind history. We're just saying right. we're telling a whole other side of it. That's right. That's and, absolutely right. And I, I hate when I really don't like the term it be, whether it be black history or Hispanic or Latin mm -hmm. history or Asian history, because the last time I checked, we don't live in a bubble. Right. So your history is my history yeah. to, it, to, a, a, to an extent. This oh, is yeah. a shared space. We may have gone through it differently, but we were there, we as- mm -hmm. Collectively. Yeah, mm -hmm. as a country, as a society, as a culture, we're there together, so you can't, yeah. it's not a singular point. It's so my point is, is it's everyone's history, so it all should be told and I think in the way it get, should be told. In I think the right we're gonna way, get definitely truth. to that space. I think we are at probably a phase of this country where, because earlier phases haven't lifted up those singular types of history, the, the, the Hispanic history, the African-American history, you know, people feel, still feel so compelled to break them into their silos and not have them be kind of connected like the quilt they are, yeah. right? But, uh, you know, hopefully we get to that space as a, as a nation. And then I think you'll start to really see when somebody tells about history in Alexandria, they're weaving in everyone's history as they tell that story. And so it's not, oh, we're gonna talk about black history in Alexandria. No, and uh, the history of women in Alexandria and then white men in Alexandria, and it's not gonna be those silos, it's just gonna be the history of Alexandria, we're gonna talk about this person who might be a person of color, we might talk about this woman who did X, Y, and Z, and just, it's weaved into the, the regular fabric of our history. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully that's, that's coming soon, that day. Well, let's, uh, let's have more cocktails and talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, every day you work towards that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Well, um, I hate to do this, but, um, Alex is giving me the stink eye. I think it's time for you to ask the final question. She really again. is. All right. She is. I th everyone thinks well, she's been on the sweet. Show, so he should know the answer, right? He might. He might. Let's see. Maybe. Oh, let's see. Let's see. So you know, in this day and age, everyone identifies as a different spirited animal, right? Mm -hmm. it, well, if you can identify as a spirit ingredient, whether it's for an, a cocktail or for food, what would that ingredient be, and how does it define you? Ooh. So. First ingredients, you use the best answer. Okay, I'm gonna go with the cherry. Great. So, yeah, we'll see how I explain this one. Um, yes. One of those, uh, what are those, not the Marchino cherries, what's the other one? Luxardo? The, yes, the Luxardo. So um, exactly, they that's why, so that's why, because they're so fun. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, something like to, for me, particularly with, you know, what I do, um, there's a seriousness in policy making and, and being a council member, but I do, I always want people to have a good interaction with me that is, 
not necessarily as serious as it, you know, as some of the things that we talk about are. Like, he's a down-to-earth person, hopefully. Um, he's fun, he enjoys what he's doing, um, you know, and I, I'm not, might not be taking over everything, might not be taking over conversations, but really adding to it. And I think that's what those cherries do. They add to the, the mixture that you've already got, the drink you've already got, and just a little touch of fun. I nice. love that. I love it. I love that. Well, all right. That's it. Well, cheers. Cheers. Welcome cheers. back. So cheers. good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy Welcome New back. Year. Yes. Until next time. Indeed. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.